Hello, everybody. I'm Dell Shores. I'm Melissa Collins, and this is the Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Look at that chihuahua. She was doing her go-go dancing. Oh, the, yes. The theme music. Yes, wearing her Pride gear. It's our last show of Pride Month. We got a big show. Hashtag Free Britney, Christian Pride, Cinema and that filibuster, the worst pastor ever, Loki, more handwritten hate, a stab back, a newly out Republican, Alan Turing money, gay pelicans, a vagina tunnel, and more. Woo! It's like every single week we've got a vagina in the headlines. Every single, you know, well, there's a lot of them. That way, it's true. Vaginas, you know, a couple billion. Yes, yes. I just don't I'm, think about them that often. I know the answer. How are you, Del Shores? Oh, my God. It has just been a stressful day. I've just been running all over the place. Did you notice I just got a list? It's just been a stressful day. Just been uh -huh. running all over. Even well, your tongue got lazy. Even your tongue's tired. It's uh, it's all high-end problems, though. I, I slid in, and we, we are here. That, that is the way I feel about so many things. I slid in, and we are here. Uh, where, whether you are watching us on Facebook or on YouTube, say hello. If you are live, comment along. We love it. If you're listening back later on the podcast, we appreciate your support. I know I told Dell earlier yesterday, I had the most like real day of life since before the pandemic. We filmed two things for a thing we can't tell you about. I filmed another thing I can't tell you about. We had a meeting about a thing we can't tell you about. Then I worked on this radio show. Then we had a phone call about a thing I can't tell you about. It was a very busy day. I can't share. Someday we're going to have a show. It's going to be about the things that we have not been able to tell you about. Here they are. That's right. Be like, we have all those news. Do you have any stories I didn't even ask? Well, no. I've just seen, you know what I've been doing? I've been working on my show. I've been working oh, on yes. my show. And it's, it's, you know, it's always that thing that's hard for me just to rehearse stand up and you're, you know, now I'm in a hotel room. So I've been, uh, I've been working on that, doing some interviews. There I am, Dale Shores, the shitster. I will be at uh, the post office uh, cafe and cabaret uh, July 1st, 2nd, 5th, and 6th uh, with the amazing Debbie Holiday opening for me. And then she will be also doing four shows. And I will be opening for her. And today is Debbie Holiday's birthday. So happy birthday, Debbie Holiday. And for the people listening, you can get tickets at www.postofficecafe.net. Y'all go over and see Debbie and Dell in P-Town and give them some just right after Debbie's birthday, birthday love. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's what I've been doing and uh, trying to, yeah, trying to sort <laughs> things out, Emerson Collins. Well, I'm so glad, you know, you can get back out there in front of a real audience, because as we have often said, I'm your worst one, and you've been stuck with me for so long. It will be nice to hear laughs. I hope there are some laughs. Uh, so I, I believe in you. I believe there will be. It, 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 I said it last week, but it's, it's, there's a little bit of trepidation there, you know, holding that mic again, just being, uh, I don't know, vulnerable. Is that the right word? Yes. But, you know, it's like riding a bicycle. You know, yeah, I think so. I think once, and, and you know, the, the thing is, P Town is so warm and sweet, and everybody, I think everybody is just ready for some live entertainment. I know yes. that I'm, I'm, I'm ready for live entertainment myself. I am really excited. I just found out Dixie Longgate's going to be there all week that I'm there. So I'm going to go see Dixie's show. I'm going to go see as many shows as I can just because. Oh, also, there's going to be a plethora of men's available in a new neighborhood. I know. I know. I'm vaccinated and I've, I'm on Discovery. I mean, you know, how do you say Discovery? Discovery. I'm the alternative to prep. I'm uh -huh. just, you know, it's the, my, my living with hope in my heart pill. Uh, so, and I'm yeah. single, y'all. I'm single. That's right. Y'all get over to P-Town, see a show, get some dick, whatever's on your heart. Yeah, there's that dick gawk there. I've never, right. ventured, I've never ventured to the dick gawk. But look, know. post pandemic, be brave. You never know. You never know. Consider you could go in the daytime. You know, you don't know. Go out you know, we're going with Ed Barron, and you know he's a bad influence. I would, I would hope so. Ed, <laughs> we are holding you personally responsible to get Del Shores into some trouble okay. in the meantime. All right, y'all. The big thing on my heart this week. 
How many of you have been following the journey of Britney Spears' conservatorship? Um, the entire transcript of her testimony on Wednesday is available if you can, if you are interested in reading it. And I describe myself in life as a Britney Whitney gay. Britney Spears' pop music traces the course of my coming out journey in adult homosexual life. And so that's been really important to me. I followed it very closely. For those of you not familiar with the details, in 2008, Britney Spears was put under a conservatorship with control given to her father. Now, conservatorships are true usually for the truly incapacitated, either with people with mental disabilities that require other people to supervise them or people who are old and infirm. And she has been on it now, under it now, for 13 years. A lot of people, me included, expected Wednesday her to get on the phone and just sort of say, I don't want to be under the conservatorship. Please take it off and be done. But she testified for 25 minutes. And the things that she said, we've seen a lot of it from the outside, were truly horrifying. Did you read through all of it? I followed it. And I was so impressed. One of the things that I, I don't know about you, Emerson, I was impressed with how articulate that read. And it, it didn't, it certainly didn't seem like it came from anybody remotely crazy. It, it sounded like there were some very clear thoughts. There was like, this is what I've been going through. This is what I've been having to do publicly. And this is the truth. And judge, please listen to me. I need my life back. And her big point was, I want to be out from under the conservatorship and I don't want to have to be evaluated to be released from it. She talked in extreme detail about being put on lithium. She was forced to tour in 2018, which she didn't want to do. She admitted she didn't even know she could contest the conservatorship and under it. Y'all, she has in an IUD and she is not allowed to have it taken out. She essentially said she wants to be able to have the baby and get married. And under this conservatorship, she doesn't have control of her body. In her own words, she said, I deserve to have a life. I'm great at what I do. All I want is to own my money and share my story to the world. I want to be able to be heard. Later, she said it was very threatening and scary. I'm not here to be anyone's slave. It shouldn't be, I shouldn't be in a conservatorship if I can work. And that's always been the big sticking point to me. Obviously, we aren't there. I mean, she talked in great detail about how angry she is at her father, how she feels that he likes having 100% control of her and her life. But she did her whole Vegas residency. She did an entire tour. She has made music and released it while not having any control over her own medicine, her life, her finances, any of it. And those two things don't go together to me regardless of what we don't know. No, 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 no. No, free Britney. I'm I'm on the free Britney campaign. I I definitely think that it's it's as uh, Leslie just said. She's basically enslaved. And one of the big things about conservatorships is once someone is under one, it's very hard to get out from under it. She talked about understanding more how often they can be used to abuse people. Um, and we don't know what she and her doctors went through, but she talked about all the stuff she didn't have control of. And I just think. I barely managed to function and no one else makes my own decisions. And if she can support an entire industry of people financially through employment, through her actions, she certainly gets to decide who, whether or not she wants to have a baby, how she spends her money. Like it is bonkers at this point. Yeah, I was, I was, I was even interested in the way she described how creative she was during the, when she was going on tour and yeah. how she choreographed and she's very meticulous about the choreography and then uh and then she objects to one thing and suddenly she's you know difficult and insane um yeah. so i also love the way she cussed through it oh that all i know that always speaks to your particular heart i you know she also clearly has been waiting so long to say these things the, the judge asked her multiple times. She had to slow down a little bit for the court reporter. You could just feel there was a dam breaking. She talked about wanting to be able to do interviews, how afraid she has been to say anything at any point, even to the point of pretending on Instagram to be fine so as not to get into more trouble with her father, the conservatorship, the attorneys, her management team, um, just controlling every aspect of her life. Well, I bet you that all of her Instagram posts have to go through them. I mean, yeah. they, they probably upload them and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So 
Anyway. So it's a horrifying situation first. We've loved Brittany for years. I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but we offered the role of Celine Hinkle in uh, Sorted Lives, the series, to Brittany. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Bell's got a visitor. Please go see who it is so we can all find out. We will ba wait with bated breath. As Danielle said about Brittany, Chris Crocker was right. He was, although even Chris Crocker posted today, he doesn't need to be tagged in everything. He has his own trauma from the internet laughing at him and making fun of him for a decade. And he's like, let's just focus on her, her well-being, her health, um, you know, and how much the industry and the entertainment industry and the entertainment news industry uh, impacted her. What was it, Dell? at the it door? Was, someone had ordered a stack of towels this big and two glasses, and it was not me. Oh, Travis said, maybe it's Ann Walker. <laughs> just stopping by. Just, Ann Walker, can you imagine? Hi, <laughs> Del. She just popped on in. I just put on my, my Ann Walker hair and stopped on by. I was hoping it was somebody that I'd been talking to on Scruff, and they got the times mixed up. <laughs> oh, yes. Just, an, just one of those dick appointments Put it in their calendar correctly. Just a fantasy. I there is nobody who knows my room number except you and and uh, Debbie Holiday and Matthew yeah. Scott Montgomery. <clears throat> Maybe someone just felt it. Just felt that connection. Ooh, just all right, y'all. What we do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense, and a quick yay update in our anti-trans law journey over in Louisiana. Governor John Bell Edwards vetoed their anti-trans fairness and women's sports act. Even though it passed with veto-proof majorities in both houses, their session is over and they would have to call a special session to overturn it. So here's hoping they don't. Texas has scheduled a special session for July, but that's probably about limiting voting rights, which is also terrible. Um, John Bell Edwards said, as I have said repeatedly, when asked about this bill, discrimination is not a Louisiana value. So yay for him. Yes, and we have a, a little temper tantrum from a Christian um, in response to, you know, it's, it's interesting how we celebrate who we are. We, we are so, our pride is about us. And then all of these people get, take umbrage, I love that word, yes. umbrage to our pride. Oh, no, they can't be proud. Uh -uh. So in response to his city's pride proclamation, Mike McBride, a city council member in Newburgh, Oregon. Look at him. He just looks like a bigot. He said, I just want to go on record to say I'm against this. I'll treat with respect, but I am not going to raise one group of people over another group of people. I think that's discriminatory. Now, how is that respect, Mike? Uh, Mayor Rick Rogers uh, clapped back. And he said, there are groups in our community and all communities that have been significantly, significantly mistreated over their lifetime. It has happened throughout our history. Anyone who denies that, I'm sorry, I cannot sit idly by. So then McBride, he went to the press and he goes, we got enough problems that we need to be working on without getting into this politically correct stuff. Why don't we celebrate Christian Heritage Month? Uh, our country was founded on Christian principles and our city and college was founded on Christian principles. So then another council member uh, countered saying, as a white Christian myself, I do not need a month to celebrate me. And McBride, he had the final word though. He said, these days, if you have a different point of view from someone else, they will try and crucify you. Just bringing in another cross reference. No, sir, we do not want you in a loincloth crucified. Okay. I know, but let's think about it. What would a Christian Pride Month events include? You know what the parade would be? It'd just be everybody carrying a cross like they were headed down the Via Dolorosa to Golgotha. You know, we got Christian Pride Month workout, CrossFit. Oh, cross. Oh, I like that. Instead of being in jock straps, everybody's in loincloths and crowns of thorns. Oh, oh. We have the Hosanna Praise workout session, you know, just do it. White people waving arms and, and palm fronds, a lot maybe, of donkeys. Maybe people with bull horns just spewing uh -huh. culmination scriptures and uh -huh. anything that they can find to support. I've just decided, and we're going to get to another story. There are certain people who, who say, okay. I'm going to be a Christian so I can justify my bigotry and I can justify my racism and I can justify 
just fill in the bullshit blank. So uh -huh. um, anyway, I just. Dan just, said Christian Pride Month could have public stonings. Sign me up. Yep. The parade instead of dikes on bikes, we got bigots on donkeys. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a real slow parade, though. Let's, I got to be honest. I don't know that you how you plan the end of that. It's just a lot of Christian rock concerts, a lot of CDG praise and worship afternoon ambiance music. They'll be wheeling out Sandy Patty and uh, DC Talk. No, Sandy Patty's very gay friendly. So she, she. Is she? Well, she performed at the Turtle Creek Corral and got uh -huh. in trouble for I it. I didn't know. That was a question. That was, oh, I've never heard her say yeah. anything. Yeah, she she performed with the 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 chorale in Dallas and gotten you know uh, trouble for that. I mean, Sandy Patty's kind of been like after she had the affair and uh, you know the Christians were awful to her. She's just sort of like fuck it. I think. I mean, I love Sandy Patty. Oh, well, that voice. After she got crucified, she decided the rest of us didn't need to put up, be put up on crosses so often. I'm glad because I still love those songs. Uh-huh. We should. Oh, wait, Danielle said, this is so right. You know how we argue about who's represented in our parades and things? You'd have the Southern Baptists complaining about the Catholics being included. You know right. you would. Pause a second, Danielle. Happy birthday tomorrow. I got you present. Happy birthday. I got your Lego, your pride Lego. Wait, Rob said Amy Grant is pro-gay. That makes sense. And she had that affair with Vince Gill and they get, oh, I get it. Once your sin has been called out publicly, it's a lot easier to be a little pro our community. Cause she's yes. just, yes. it's the same thing with Donnie McGuire and uh, Reba, Reba Rambo McGuire. They, you know, they got dragged for having that affair. And then I think they're, I think they're gay friendly. I'm oh, uh, good. I'm so glad. All right, up next, Kristen Cinema. Our out bisexual senator from Arizona. Now, I'm sure if you're paying attention to anything, you have seen many a Democrat, many progressives frustrated with Cinema uh, and Joe Manchin for their outspoken opposition to ending the filibuster. We all know the filibuster leads to the 60 vote margin to pass legislation, which means to get any of Biden or the Democrat House's agenda across, it, we need Republican support. Now, Kristen Cinema wrote a whole New York Times argument in defense of the filibuster. She posed a bunch of nonsense hypotheticals, basically saying if we get rid of the filibuster and we pass a bunch of stuff and then we lose control and then the next administration reverses all of it, did it do any good? She used health care. She talked about uh, the environment, the education. But there are two problems with this uh, opposition to opposing the filibuster at this point. One. Mm -hmm. It legislates from fear, right? Well, we shouldn't do anything because when we lose, what happens when the other people try to do anything? You do what's in the best interest of the people, uh, and then hopefully that causes success. The other thing to that I saw someone point out that I really agreed with, if a new program is successful, the people that oppose it have a real hard time undoing it, like the Affordable Care Act, for example. And the other big thing about the filibuster, y'all know, I am compromise-oriented. I am come to the table, everyone work together. That is who it is in me to deal with complicated choices. But Mitch McConnell has made it very clear when he had the power, he didn't care what Democrats wanted. Remember the Supreme Court nonsense? And now that he's in the minority, he is not coming to the table ever for any reason. So what Cinema and Manchin could do in the best interest of all of us is rather than looking at the Democrats and saying, we can't get rid of the filibuster because we want to be able to work together and compromise is important. They should be looking at the Republicans and saying, if y'all don't come to the table, we will help them get rid of the filibuster. There you go. Yeah. The other direction. And in Arizona, 140 LGBTQ activists signed an open letter to Cinema saying she better support ending it because it would make the Equality Act possible for our community. And a lot of other things, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, and as, as uh, we know, it, it, was, it was a mistake, you know, it was originally, a, and it's, it's just been used anyway. No, but, yeah, but I didn't know that until like this recent round. For those of you who may not know, we only have the filibuster rule because in 1806, the Senate forgot to include a provision in its own rules to cut off debate. And it has been used and abused since then to counter multiple kinds of civil rights advancement and legislation. 
And I have been, I, I definitely as a young adult was like, no, we need it. It's important. The minority should have a way to hold back the majority when things are really bad. But when this group of Republicans was in power, they didn't care what we thought, did, or wanted. And now that they're in the minority, they still don't. So sorry, Mitch McConnell, you reap what you sow. And it is time for us to pass the things that Biden said he would do. And to do that, it's time for this to go. Well, it is. It's also one of the things that I say on the show I've been working on because, you know, as funny as I want to be, I still want to 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 be who I am and, and say what I need to say. And it is not over. This fight is not over. We must continue to with all these voting su- suppression and 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 the trans rights that are just trans rights just being slammed and and bigotry is just spewing its ugly vomiting all over the place. And we have to make sure that we go to those polls. We, I mean, best thing we could do is get 60 in there. You know, that's the best thing we could do. Then fuck them. Yes. But in order to not waste the next 18 months until that next election, at some point we have to be willing to play as aggressively as they have been playing for a very, very, very long time. All right. This is this is just a disturbing story. And we, we we shared a lot about bigot pastor sermons because sometimes it's an effective way to neutralize bigots or to laugh and dismiss them. But this one was is really different. Uh, it's Steadfast Baptist Church in Hearst, Texas. That's near Fort Worth posted a YouTube video of Pastor Jonathan Shelley where he discussed the tragic death at the Pride in Wilton Manors. Y'all remember we talked about this last week where the older uh, chorus member ran into the chorus and killed one person, injured several. Um, This is his sermon. And, you know, I know y'all like me to do the sermons. You know, he didn't do the sermon like that. He did not preach the sermon. It was very calm. So I'm going to do it. I'm I'm going to perform it a little bit like he did. He said, it's going beyond just saying you do all this wicked stuff. It's saying you enjoy it. You enjoy murder. You enjoy uh, uh, malignity. Uh, How do you say that word? uh, Malignity. Malignity. You enjoy hating God. Uh, Look, there's only one group that enjoys that. It's the pride parades going up and down the street. And you know, it's great when trucks accidentally go through those, you know, parades. I think only one person died. So hopefully we could have more in the future. You say, well, that's mean. Yeah, but the Bible says that they're worthy of death. You say, are you sad when fags die? No, I think it's great. I hope they all die. I would love it if every fag would die right now. And you say, well, I don't think that's what you really mean. Well, that's exactly what I mean. I really mean it. Now, I guess the um, the, the video has been deleted, but it was captured on Twitter and I watched it today. And it is just horrifying. It really is malignity, malignity. I don't think I've ever used that word in my life, malignity. Like yeah, it's really interesting because we have had so many of these and, you know, we there's a lot of like blowing smoke and that hellfire and brimstone uh, hyperbole. But this was so aggressively specific. And you're right. It was the calmness with which yeah. he said, are you sad when fags die? No, I think it's great. I hope they all die. Um, but you know what also, Emerson, is that, that that was disturbing about this video and someone pointing it out to me on Twitter. They wrote me about this, that that um, there were all the amens. There were all the yes. Yes, brother. That Those were being echoed in the video. You could hear that. And someone said, when are we going to have Sissy and Latrell stand up and say no? When are when these pastors, there's got to be somebody in that congregation that thinks, no, this cannot be right. When are they going to stand up for us within the church? That's what someone yeah. pointed out to me. And I, think, I don't think there is in that church. I mean, he's got a whole bunch. If this man can stand in front of this church and say, I hope all fags die, that is not a new attitude. That is not a new thing in this church. If you are still sitting in that pew, he didn't start here, right? 
Like this is representative of a long series of, you know, because if this was out of the blue, you'd have heard somebody scream. This is a group of people in a community who are fine with this message being said specifically about us. And it's just so far beyond uh, the, you know, sinners go to hell and stuff. This Whoa. is active about a specific things. I'm glad that man died that weekend. This is not uh, metaphorical. I tweeted about this today uh, uh, when I was I was plugging the show and I, I, I retweeted the video. And I, I really believe this. This is why we, we're seeing so many young people uh, just flee from Christianity. They're, they're, every year, less and less and less. And it's because, it, not, not because of Christ, not because of the, you know, what, what Christ preached. It's his followers, these, these so-called Christians. That can't be, I mean, that's not a real Christian. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'll judge. I ain't a Christian. I'll judge said, Jesus loves you, so I don't have to. John said, Jesus would smack that preacher and tell him to love his neighbor or stop pretending he's a Christian. And Zana asked, nobody got up and walked out. Not that we could see in the video. It certainly didn't seem to be causing any conflict. Um, and I don't know, it was just, it hit me, like we said at the beginning, so different than so many of the ones we often see. Um, the like reality. Yeah, because the ones in the past, the ones where I've really enjoyed performing for you guys, uh, there's some humor in it. You go, oh my God, you're so silly. You're so silly. But this one, you know, to call for the dust. I remember when we were doing Southern Baptist Sissies in uh, Dallas at the Majestic, I got an email after it was announced and, you know, the, the, and, and it was in the papers and advertised. I got an email. I remember I was sitting in my hotel room in Dallas, Texas, and I got an email from someone who told me that I deserve to die. Uh, that, that, and that he quoted the scripture and he said, I'm not saying myself that I would kill you, but I would not be upset if you died. And it's yeah. like, there are people like that who wish me dead. I guess it's also a reminder for us that the other ones aren't actually that funny either, because you know there's still people sitting in the pews of every one of these churches. That's right. Um, That's, right. That's right. So, darkness, y'all. Uh, moving on to much lighter fare. The uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has its first officially out, really big, important character on this week's episode of Loki on Disney Plus in a conversation with Tom Hiddleston's character had with another version of himself, long story, won't explain. He asked if there were any would-be princesses or princes in his past, and he answered, a bit of both. I suspect the same as you. Well, director Kate Heron tweeted her enthusiasm about this new bisexual revelation, saying, from the moment I joined Loki, it was very important to me and my goal to acknowledge Loki was bisexual. It's a part of who he is and who I am, too. Whoa. I know this is a small step, but I'm happy and my heart is so full to say that this is now canon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I watched the episode. I'm loving the show, and it was very exciting. Yay, bye. All right. Now, we had a handwriting homophobe last week, and we got another one. We have another one, another story about a handwritten homophobe. This is in Boone, Iowa. I, am, I don't know about y'all, but I'm always a little surprised when it's one of those North Coast states. Uh, so it, 25, like they're too, wait, 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 are they too cold to be bigots? Like it's just too much <laughs> bigot. You know, the reference. <laughs> uh, so 25 year old Robert Clark Geddes was arrested for allegedly going around town, leaving notes on the doors of homes with pride flags. So he would specifically target anybody with a pride flag. And then he, the, the note said, burn that gay flag. And in the same handwriting, oh my goodness, I, you know there's a mugshot more than that one in his uh, in his past. Uh, so it, they matched them, and the, the the tear marks and the marker uh, bled through on each page. So they they you know someone dug a little deep, and he was charged with four counts of trespassing to commit a hate crime and third degree harassment. And one victim said, and this is what is very, very sad, is our youngest found this on the front door today and was scared that someone was going to burn down our house. 
another city council member who posted, let me be very clear. I will never back down from standing up for the lives of my LGBTQ friends, family, constituents, and all members of our community. I guess the positive always when we hear these horrible um, stories about these bigots who were so bigoted that they feel the need to go to every person with a, you know, a gay gay flag on their porch. And it's, it's, there are people who are standing up for us outside of our community who are saying, no, 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 this is not who our council, this is not our city. This is one individual. So at least there's that. I'm fascinated with this one because it was both a lot of effort and no effort at all. Cause like he had to drive around town, take time out of his day to find this pride flag. But then he was just ripping notebook paper out of a notebook writing in a black magic marker. You know what I mean? It's like, if you're going to go to all the trouble to drive around town, at least make like, you know, a little graphic or something. And that, and that gaffer's tape, that, old, that, that nasty, right. it looked recycled. It was like he got spontaneously upset at one and then just like kept going. You know, what do I have here in the car? I'm surprised it wasn't like a Wendy's bag or, you know, like a McDonald's wrapper. Like, what do I have here? to write this sad little note in his sad little life. It's very, well, who raised him? I don't know. I feel like somebody on meth in a trailer. Um, wolves. You know, <laughs> what do they always say raised by wolves? Were you wolves, wolves hunt in packs. Like, I feel like wolves are much more caring of their young than some other kind of animals. Who gave wolves such a bad rap? Was it that Little Red Riding Hood story? And what about when you raised in a barn? I mean, you don't see cows and donkeys and chickens just, you know, creating havoc or having bad manners. Well, chickens like shit everywhere. But well, uh, I mean, well, you know, so do the cows and donkeys. But I, you know, but you know, Jesus was born in one. It can't be all that bad. He was born that manger, not comfortable. Anyway, but I digress. For a bed, Emerson, that is no crib for a bed. It is. A little wait, lay down his sweet head in that manger. All right, we have reached the halfway house of our show. If you enjoy what we do here and you are sitting on more money than you know what to do with and want to share a dollar, ten, a hundred, several thousand with us, we'll take it off your hands. You can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. All one word. Thank you to Kelly, Zana, and Bob for your contributions already. They make our heart happy. Uh, gives a little pep in our step. You know, pays for a cocktail or a, or you know, a little something, something extra. Well, now we're going out again. We can go to restaurants. We need. That's a right. You know, I'm going to Pride Night at Universal Studios tonight as a support LA Pride uh, with Blake. Also, because after hours, only the LGBTQ people who bought tickets get to stay, and then you can ride all the rides without waiting in a long line. So I'll spend some of it there. Well, I would just rather not. <laughs> no one is forcing you. That is so nice. You are not inviting me to that, Emerson. You know me so well. Thank you uh -huh. so much. It's um, not your gift. No, and no, it's no, just no. fine. All right, up next, we told you the other day about the frustrating and uh, new laws in Hungary, the anti-LGBTQ propaganda laws. Well, this the other day, uh, Germany was supposed to play, well, they did play a soccer match against Hungary. And the Munich City Council, where the game was going to be played, asked the UEFA, that's the name of the soccer organization, if they could light their arena in rainbows. They obviously wanted to protest the new anti-LGBTQ laws in Hungary. Well, the UEFA said no, that it would be a political statement. So the citizens of Munich said, well, we don't really care. So they showed up in a flood of rainbows, y'all. They had hats, armbands, boas, socks, wigs, pride flags, Human rights groups lined up in the subway with rainbow gear to hand it out. Other people showed up to this game specifically just to protest. And one man, as the Hungarian national anthem was played, ran onto the field. Uh, I want to show it to you. Crap, did I do it? And I get rid of it? I did. This happens sometimes where I get a little... Uh, Delete happy. He ran onto the field carrying a pride flag. Uh, he was then tackled by security, but the Munich 
crowd cheered the entire time that he was running and while security escorted him out. And not to be left out, other football, you know, soccer arenas around the country that weren't hosting the game all lit their stadiums in rainbows as well in support. So there you see on the left, uh, people arriving to attend the game casually dressed in rainbows. There is the guy running onto the field with the pride flag before he's tackled. And these are the other stadiums and bridges around Germany lighting up in rainbows to show their support. And it's just awesome to see you know, other countries and their activist communities weighing in in support of the Hungarian LGBTQ community. I loved it so much. I did too. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that feather. That 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 one. Just the casual rainbow headdress. You know, subtle pride. And and it's it's not in our show, but I just want to say that that you know because I'm about to to read a story about a hate crime, and and uh, Derek Chauvin was sentenced to 22 and a half years today in prison for the murder of George Floyd. Not enough time, in my opinion, but it is a, a monumental historical event in that we have not seen this. And I do feel that there is some movement and more movement to be done there. So well, and it's also interesting because well, the, the chatting about that for a minute, um, because it's not enough, right? George Floyd is still dead. Um, it is an interesting example of seeing, you know, officers truly held accountable. It shows uh, the, attor the attorneys there smart in the level of the charge that they got. And I think the thing we all have to watch, right, as we talked about this last year in our Pride and Protest series and being anti-racist and being good allies, the danger going forward is this feeling like this is the end of this chapter, yeah. right? That, that we can't let this one example, this one officer, because that's not the point Black people want, that activists want, right? It's about systemic change. It's about holding uh, police departments accountable in every community all the way up uh, to federal regulation. So we can't let this close the book on this chapter just because it's the end of this specific story. Absolutely. Agreed. 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 All right. So we have a bigot in Miami Beach, Florida. Uh, and he got more than he bargained for when he attacked three gay tourists. The guys were 18, 19, and 20. And they were taking a picture of Ocean Drive when Glenford Rule, 6'4", 220 pounds, he, 24 years old, he approached him and one victim said that he asked, are you gay? Ugh, I don't like gay people. Then he spit on them and threw a beer at them. As they went to leave, he hit the first guy in the back with a chair and punched, knocked to the ground. The gay man noticed he had a knife. He grabbed the knife from him to defend his friends, and then he stabbed. The gay guy stabbed Ruel in the side. Then Ruel pulled the knife out of his own body and ran after him, trying to attack them. They, they got to their hotel, the Sherbrooke Hotel, asking for help. Uh, and, and But this guy is still carrying the knife, chasing them. So guests in the hotel lobby freaked out. Police were called. They arrived moments later and they arrested the son of a bitch and he was treated for the stab wound before being transferred to jail. But one of the victims is saying it's a hate crime. This is a hate crime. You know, no one should be treated like that. And the other victim had a message. He said, he doesn't fuck with faggots. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how terrifying this was for them, but also I love that this man got so much more than he bargained for, that they just saw this knife on the ground and said, absolutely not. But then can you imagine you've stabbed somebody like to defend your friends and then they look down. I mean, the, 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 imagining that he pulls it out of himself and comes running after you with it. Like, like yeah, I mean, that is insane. That is a lot of crazy energy. Yes. You pull out, you pull out a knife and go running. Yeah. My adrenaline, endorphins, whatever it is, has never worked well enough for that. I get a paper cut and I'm like down for the count. You know, you stabbed me. I'm not getting that knife out and doing anything else. That's the end of that story. I know. In a horror movie, I die from the first the first stab. I'm going to be honest. I know that I do. You know, I am not Jamie Lee Curtis, like limping along after some... You know, horrible, you know, you know, four puncture holes, you know, you got like tied it off with your teeth and like chasing down the killer. Uh, -uh. I do. I give one good gay scream and then I'm dead.
<laughs> you just give me ah, and then a death rattle. Oh, no, stop it. We saw your butch performance in a very sorted wedding. You were so gorgeous. Yeah. I know I can fake it, but I just am not the one like in some serious. It's like those people that get shot and then they're like, oh, that's fine. Just a flip. It's a through and through. I was like, yeah, it went through you. I don't, I'm not doing anything else today. Like stuffing it here, stuffing yeah. stuff here. Yeah, they're always like, hey, plug me up back there. I yeah. got more people to take out. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's fine. It just hit the meat. I'm like, a bullet hit me. I'm done. This is this is my day. That's all I have. I mean, yeah, when I got shot, when I when I shot myself when I was a kid <laughs> and I saw <laughs> that blood spewing out of my foot, I just started screaming. <laughs> yes, that is the appropriate human response. I think that's the correct response to blood pouring out of your body. Anyway, moving on. So there is more, you know, Carl Nassib, our newly out active uh, NFL football player. Well, of course, the news continues to go. Remember when I said that it was very likely that people, there'd be kids buying that jersey? Well, his jersey on Fanatics, the NFL Associated uh, official retailer, I guess, uh, his jersey went up to number one on Monday and Tuesday right after that. So that is what happened. And then Internet Sleuths sort of got digging back into his life, as people are wont to do once they get curious about somebody. And they found this photo of him and several of his friends uh, where they are dressed in Americana garb, if you will, very patriotically. And one of them has on a clearly, clearly, strongly Trump-supported shirt. It says, legends are born in June. Now, we don't know particularly who he did or didn't vote for, but Nassib did register to vote, register to vote provisionally last November in Nevada, now that he is there. So that is new information and obviously was very disappointing to some people because that would seem to indicate uh, who he supported. How do you feel? How do y'all feel? Did y'all see this? You know, I'd like to talk to him about it. I would like to hear him say something about it for sure. I mean, I'm not holding him accountable for his friend. I've got lots of friends I don't want you to hold me accountable for. And please don't hold my friends accountable for me. It is not their fault. I am who I am. But it was an interesting juxtaposition. And maybe we will see an evolution in his out journey, you know, as a white guy uh, at his home in where was it, Westchester or wherever. Uh, maybe it'll change, but registering as a Republican to vote on election day would seem to indicate his support. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, I, I mean, my honest reaction was I was disappointed. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people were too. You know, I'm not ready to throw every baby out with the bathwater. That $100,000 to the Trevor Project and getting the NFL to support that. Uh, but, you know, it's in consideration of what black people have been talking about with the NFL, you know, the intersection of a lot of issues. Um, it's a reminder, you know, that things that are happy to some people are not always to everyone else. And we can we can still discuss the complicated aspects while we celebrate certain successes. Right. Right. So we shall see. Maybe as he continues on with his album, keeping private journey, we will get more information from him. Are you going to finish that? I'm not. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. We uh, well, no. He, here's that we're talking about gay Republicans because this is this is an interesting story, and this is this supports what I've been saying to gay Republicans for years. If you're going to be a gay Republican, you say it's about fiscal, then get in there and change some shit. So this 24 yep. year old Republican, uh, West Virginia House member Joshua Hickenbotham, uh, was elected as the youngest lawmaker in the state. He's been a vocal Trump supporter, and he just posted a video on Twitter saying that he is gay. He goes, I'm gay. I've wanted to tell you this for years, but I couldn't be public like I wanted to because there were still a few people in my family who didn't know. Now they do. So now I'm telling you too. He said he was afraid he'd be disowned, but his family was very supportive. He also added, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not embarrassed by it. It's just part of who I am. Then in another tweet, he said, it's okay to be a be gay and Christian. It's okay to be gay and a conservative Republican official in West Virginia. My family accepts me. My friends accept me. 
now I'm going to ask you to accept me as well. Then uh, he was supportive of our community prior of, to coming out. He uh, Back in January, he sponsored the Fairness Act in West Virginia. And back then he tweeted, as a conservative Republican and a Christian, I can tell you that it's past time to add our LGBT plus friends and family to the Human Rights Act. It's time for the Mountain State to enter the 21st century by preventing discrimination in housing, employment, and public accommodations. West Virginia is changing. The Republican Party is changing. It's time for our laws to reflect that change as well. Now, where I disagree with him, I don't see that much change in the Republican Party. All I see is this violent hatred that is being spewed and mostly Trump supporters. So I, I, you know, there's a conflict there, I feel, but I do feel that if gay, more gay Republicans would say, and within the party, I'm going to make changes, I'm going to demand changes, then I could go, okay, I'm not going to be so hard on you. It was a very interesting read for me. One, that he's 24 years old, right? He's been serving since he was 19, listening to the journey of he was afraid his family would reject him. He talked about Christianity and his faith. Um, I did applaud that he was supportive of pro-LGBTQ legislation while he was closeted, that is stepping up and trying to create the change they keep telling us is going to happen over there. Um, so I also wonder if there's some youth factor here. You know, it's kind of like the Carl Nassib. There's a a white Southern uh, conservative kind of homosexual who can look at the world and say, hey, I'm sort of good in it. I can still be a conservative because there's all those anti-trans laws and all the targeting of people of color and black people doesn't really affect me. But maybe he's on the path uh, to being some of the change we keep asking them to, to be accountable. He also might just lose his next election for coming out. You know, there is nuance and gray area in these adventures. He clearly represents a very conservative part of West Virginia, maybe he's making change in within his world, like we talk about the churches too, but it's sure hard to look at sometimes. Yes, it is. Dean, I like it when people do that, when, when after a bit, indeed. Uh-huh. John Martin said LGBTQIA Republicans are obviously masochists. And that's true, but you know, we've talked for years and years, that, that statistic of one in five LGBTQ people identifies as conservative or Republican, um, and I think when there's 20% of our community, as difficult and challenging as it can be, I want to continue engaging those people, even if I'm not engaging the broader conservative uh, community, uh, to challenge them as people in our community to make sure they're holding accountability that other community that they are a part of, that we're not in. Yes. But Kevin said, his money comes from the log cabin Republicans and they have not supported any LGBTQ ride support. Well, yes, those Lincoln log Republicans, I just, you know, can't like go play with those Lincoln logs. We can't, I don't have time for them anymore. Done. Done. But in pride month, taking that moment to step out in our community, you know, I applaud that part of it and let's continue to hold him and people like him accountable for making the change they say is coming. I thought you were going to say, let's hold him in our prayers. Oh, no. Uh, I'm not even sending good thoughts, sir. That is your problem over there to work out at this point. In much more positive out news and definitively representative, WWE NXT star Tony Storm came out as bisexual here in Pride Month. She took over the WWE Next Instagram account during Pride and said, I'm bi, and it feels good to say it. It's something I've been really comfortable with for a long time now. I just never really expressed it. I don't know. I just never found the right time. And it's Pride Month, and I'm on your Instagram, so now's a good time, I guess. I just kind of love that. She was like, oh, yep, now's good. Here I am. And also, our president, Biden, also tweeted to Carl Nassib and Japanese soccer player Kumi Yokoyama, who came out as trans last week, making him the most high-profile athlete in Japan to do so. Biden tweeted... To Carl Nassib and Kumi Yokoyama, two prominent, inspiring athlete, athletes who came out this week. I'm so proud of your courage. Because of you, countless kids around the world are seeing themselves in a new light today. So we can hold people accountable, push them further, and still celebrate the steps that are progressive. 
Yeah, and then just a little story here. Alan Turing was the father of computer science and artificial intelligence, and he was charged with gross indecency, chemically castrated, and ultimately he committed suicide at age 41. But uh, posthumously, he has been honored as a WW uh, World War II hero and pardoned by the Queen. Now, after years of planning, uh, he is officially the first gay man on a Brit British banknote as his face is on the 50-pound note. Uh, it's been circulating since Wednesday on his 109th birthday. So, I, well, and we all, y'all all know, I hope you do, because we've talked about it a number of times. I mean, the genius, the advancement that Alan Turing uh, was and accomplished prior to his horrifyingly tragic uh, chemical castration and ultimate suicide, you know, the representing one of the most extreme examples of how members of our community in earlier eras uh, were abused for their gifts and then discarded for their identity. But if I was a gay in Britain, I would be in so much trouble right now because I would be getting me a stack of this gay money and I'd be running around to towns shopping like it was gay monopoly money. Just yeah. be like, oh look, look at my gay pounds. It's just the, the saddest story though, to someone that brilliant to be, um, dismissed back then and it doesn't uh i mean i'm glad that they're doing what they're doing and uh but lord that movie Whew. yeah i know as santa said that benedict cumberbatch uh and i want one i know i want one of those about 50 pounds is a lot of money i can't just like keep it and put it on my wall at this point my budget can't afford that yeah it's uh it's it's what what is that what is a pound now is it um Oh, right up there above the above on the website right there they'll give you the translation if you want the oh, exchange I'm, rate i'm always scared to do too much typing because it makes a sound on the show and then it also i scared i'm going to hit the wrong button and y'all disappear uh so oh, wait, hold on i will tell you right now it's a dollar 39 so that is $69.41. Well, there you go. 69 is a Well, that just story. seems appropriate that right now the gay British money converts to $69. I appreciate it. And 41 cents. And when I was growing up in Zapata, Texas, in uh, the Mexican community, 41, they called homosexuals. Uh, it was a slur, a gay slur. 41. He's a 41. Wow. What's I the origin? To this day, I do not know. Uh, you're going to Google that? Well, yeah. So shall I do the next story or are we? Oh, no, it's mine. What's that? Just, oh. No, it's mine. I'm Googling. 41 oh. is a secret meaning. Oh, of course. Wait. Oh, my God. I can tell you this story. Uh, okay. Whatever. Almost. 41 relates to, in Mexico, more than 100 years ago, 42 homosexuals were arrested uh, in a giant gathering of secret sort of like upper class homosexuals. And one of them was married to the daughter of the president at the time. And so they didn't count him out. Um, and so 41 literally just became representing those people it was the first time gay sex, gay people were ever written about in the Mexican press. And it was in like 1906, seven, eight, very early 1900s. And so the term 41 came to just mean like those queer people for so long that like buildings didn't have 41 floor, 41st floors. Like it was just skipped in so much of Mexican culture. And I share that because there's an amazing movie on Netflix right now called The Dance of the 41 that tells this story. It's in Spanish. Blake and I watched it like six weeks ago. I meant to bring it up at some point. It's incredible. It acts out, it tells the whole story of this night and the sort of breakthrough in Mexican culture of like, gay men being specifically openly talked about because of this arrest of these men. Wow. Screamed out 41 at me that he did not know that history. No, of course not. That's yeah. And that's, that was their point. But it is for over a hundred years. That is why that has been the thing. That's so funny. I've meant to talk about this film because it's great. And the lead guy in it was one of the gay uh, Hispanic guys in Sense8. So you'll recognize him. He was like, not the main guy, but his husband. Um, but it's a great movie. Everyone check it out on Netflix. I've meant to recommend it for a while. What's it? What's it the Dance of the 41. Okay. All right. Uh, you'll love it. 
uh, it's sexy and sad and tragic uh, and fascinating. And it's in Spanish. Watch it with the subtitles. It's a really great tale. Well, I speak Spanish. I, I know you do, but for others watching who might want to. I oh, still what? I'm glad. To, that's so funny. Look at us. Just a live moment. You and I, I knew the answer, and I forgot that I knew why. Just a little, just a little queer culture. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Tell us about some gay pelicans. I know we've talked about a lot of gay penguins, y'all. But this story is about some gay pelicans, and I love it so much. Two male brown pelicans at the Pelican Harbor Seabird Station, Miami, have partnered to build a nest and try to hatch an egg this season. Pelicans are seasonally monogamous, but every year they choose a different mate for that whole season. But these two penguins, Pepe and Enrique, have built together for 18 years straight. Y'all, that kind of monogamy is rare even in gay human relationships. The station says they take turns incubating a fake egg that we give them. They're in love, they're inseparable, and always by each other's side. The two both have a condition called angel wing and can't fly, so they live there permanently. They helped foster dozens of orphaned pelicans after the Deepwater Horizon oil spill, and you can foster them for a ceremonial adoption for $300, which covers the cost of feeding and caring the, for the two of them for about a year. You get certificates and photos. Y'all, you can watch them on their YouTube channel on a live stream. I watched it for two hours yesterday while I worked on this radio show. Uh, go to www.pelicanharbor.org or Seabird Station live stream on YouTube to see them. Isn't that adorable? Well, it is. When you say they've been monogamous for 18 years, well, they can't fly. They can't go anywhere. No, they bring in other pelicans. All The other pelicans that are in there are a revolving door. They oh. stay for like two months while they like heal them up and let them go. These two are stuck there. So just think of them as like the elder queens that welcome in the hurt birds while they get healed and move on. Well, my point is, you know, maybe the reason that I like that idea of, you know, seasonal monogamy. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> some people, some relationships are for a night, some are for a season, some are for a lifetime. So anyway, well, finally, we have pansexual model and actress Cara Delevingne's L.A. home was featured in Architectural Digest. She calls it her adult playhouse, and every room has a theme. There's a ball pit, there's a David Bowie bathroom, and then she's got a pink pussy palace. Uh, that has pink carpet, a mirrored ceiling, a swing and a, a swing and a stripper pole. And then there's a vagina tunnel. Yes, there's a vagina tunnel, y'all. And that's, this is what it looks like. Oh, there's the vagina tunnel. Ooh. Um, oh, there you go. Got me. A, and that's uh, an auto, automatically correct. Uh, anatomically. Anatomically. <laughs> automatically. An anatomically correct tunnel that connects to another room. She says, I come in here to think, I come in here to create, I come in here to feel inspired in the vagina tunnel. I love this so much. She's delightfully bonkers. She and her, she said her architect, they had a grand old time planning this. And y'all, for those of you listening only, go look it up because it looks impressively real. There's the, the clit, the labia, we've got the lips. And this one has a cute little piercing as well, which I appreciate it. Oh, goodness. You crawl into it. And I believe it lets you out in the dryer, which is even funnier to me. Well, there you have it. Need I want to know. I, I, hopefully it's like warm and dark and it's just a little safe space, right? Moist. Uh-huh. You know, I, I would, if I went over, I'd be like, look, I want to go in the vagina tunnel. I'm curious. I'd be for a tour. Let's skip. A, I don't need to see the kitchen. That's right. I'm sure it's lovely. The Pussy Palace, we can get there later, but I want a trip through the vagina tunnel. I'm just imagining like you're on It's a Small World. <laughs> Riding a boat through the tunnel. Different sizes, different flows. Was it, what didn't, who had that song? Uh, was it Kylie, Pussy something? Uh, I don't know. Pussy control? You're going to have to narrow it down. I, I'm, I'm going to have to do some Googling. I can't remember. A little research. Uh, Y'all, well, clearly, it's been a week. We haven't had a lot going on. We appreciate all of you uh, that choose to tune in live and comment along with us. We love it. Uh, if you want to tip one more time on Venmo, that's at Emerson Collins, or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. 
As always, if you can't tip, that's fine. The best thing you can do for us is to share the broadcast with your friends. Tell somebody they should subscribe to the podcast. We've got 120 shows. They can pick their flavor. Because, uh, y'all, it's, we're going to take a two-week break. we got things Ooh. going on. Because Dale's leaving for Provincetown. We're going to let him have that vacation. Don't you think that's right? We should. We're so Yeah. Not a bad, you know, four hours, uh, four hour working. The rest, I get to hang out with Debbie Holiday and Ed Barron. Let your little, you let, let your inner extrovert be refilled by the crowd and the people and the throngs and the dick dock and all those things. All right. Yeah. So we will be back July 9th. So do share the broadcast. Thank you all. Uh, we appreciate you. However, you spend this last bit of Pride Weekend, celebrate yourselves, celebrate each other. Uh, Emerson, you said July 9th. That's not two weeks. It isn't? No, is it? Is it two weeks? Look at that calendar. On It's two weeks. It's Friday. We're not doing next Tuesday. The following Tuesday is oh, that's Friday. Right. Okay, sorry, guys. Two weeks. I'll be in two weeks. <laughs> I've never been good at math, y'all. <laughs> we love you all so very much. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.